when artists go on Oprah and Oprah asks them how they wrote their book, they often say, oh, well, I just put these words together. And that is literally the case, you see. They're not just being modest. They're actually fumbling around for what to say because they're not really in charge of what it is or what it means, nor can they be. This is Raw Material, a new art and culture podcast by SFMOMA. I'm Ross Simonini, and I'll be hosting you for a season of Art and the Unknown. I somehow hit upon this idea, which is that the whole of the rest of the universe gets to do the thinking. I'm just the guy who writes it down. The philosopher Timothy Morton designs well-reasoned systems of thought for a living. And yet he attributes all of his ideas to something outside of himself something unknown. He calls it a force. And so my job is to be receptive to things and then just write them down. So it's a sort of automatic writing theory. You hear this kind of talk from artists and writers a lot. They don't see themselves as the creator of their artwork. They see themselves as a conduit and the art making as a form of channeling. It's true now and it was true of the ancients. Yeah, Plato gets upset about it, doesn't he? He, he, he sort of says that um, art is basically a form of channeling and, and, and that's why it needs to be policed. Art is a place in agricultural society where we sort of allow things to affect um, one another non-locally. And the image he gives is of a magnet, actually. He, he talks about uh, how the poem is a magnet, you know, that exerts a kind of electromagnetic pull on you, and this pull is coming in the poem from the writer, and the pull is in the coming in the writer from the, the 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 muse. Muse is one word for it. A muse inspires an artist. It it's the root of the word museum. Another word people like to use is genius, which comes from the word genie. A genie was a feisty little spirit that got inside of you. It possessed you. So you had genius. You weren't a genius, like people say now. It was an experience, not a form of identity. You'd make contact with the genius, it would transmit the art, and then it was gone. trying every time, every day, that my body can be vessel. A vessel, a channel, a conduit, these are all ways of saying the same thing. You're just a receptacle for the energy of the cosmos. The way that I process and communicate is, you know, sometimes it comes through the dreams, and sometimes it comes through the prayer. Dohee Lee is a performance artist who works with Korean shamanic traditions to invoke spirits in her work. Specific spirits. She names them, studies them. She'll spend months trying to contact them. What we've been listening to is music from one of her ritual performances. She uses it to put herself into a trance so she can more easily communicate with the spirits. She tries to open the channel, but for a lot of artists, The channeling comes without warning. 
they can't control where it happens, when it happens, who it comes from, like maybe a deity from another dimension, which is how the composer Yasos gets his music. Right now, I'm uh, 69 and a half years old, going on 19, because I have my body tuned to the 19-year-old version of me. That's my template. Yasos is one of the fathers of New Age music. He's been said to make the classical music of the New Age. This is his 2015 piece, Smooth Sailing Over Enchanted Lands. When I was at Cornell University between 64 and 68, my last two years there, I started hearing paradise music in my mind, heavenly music, and it was unlike any earth music I'd ever heard, and I had no concept where it was coming from. It was not only unusual music, it was also unusual tones. It wasn't conventional acoustic instruments. This was before synthesizers, and I was hearing unusual sounds that didn't exist here in earth music. But some voice in my head, you know, deep, boomy voice, a lot of reverb said, you can do this. <laughs> so I trusted that and I worked on it. And I had a spiritual teacher named Josephine Taylor and she used to help people with automatic writing. You'd visit her and she'd get a writing message like uh, St. Germain would like to talk to you. So uh, you write down whatever thoughts are in your head before you know it, you have a message from St. Germain or Archangel Michael or people you never heard of. And once she said, you will now write with uh, Vista, whom I'd never heard of before. I said, okay, okay. So I started writing messages, messages, and the instant that I sensed this personality, blam! I got a flash that I was remembering that Vista and I had made an agreement to work together and we made this agreement before I was born. And the agreement was I would incarnate on earth, I'd become proficient with music, and when I became proficient with music, he would start transmitting music ideas into my mind, and my job was to receive it and manifest it and make it publicly available. And the whole point of this music was to facilitate people raising their vibrations so they can stay with the planet as the planet is now raising in vibration. And then I realized that he was the one that had been transmitting these musical visions into my mind. But now that I was consciously aware of him, it facilitated our telepathic rapport. When I get out, a vision for a new music piece from Vista, I get three things. I get the music, meaning the melody and the chords. I get technical info for how to get the effects necessary for that particular piece. And I also get how it's going to affect people before it even exists as sound waves. And so Vista and I have an ongoing rapport. Uh, he's considered the god of music for the sector of the galaxy that we're in. But I didn't know that till many years later. 
You know, at the time, it was just some light being named Vista. I'm a humble but enthusiastic step-down transformer for Vista. I'm like a local branch office for Vista. Vista is Yasos' primary contact, but he also works with other beings. Well, you can receive music from anything, <laughs> from the devil, from Pan, from angels. I, I, I receive stuff from angels. Uh, it's called the Angels of Purity, um, which got like uh, maybe seven to 13 female angels all singing beautiful harmonies together. And they would sing a phrase of notes until they were all singing simultaneously, but they'd enter one note at a time. And then I'd write that down. And I'd do that till we had the whole song. And then we went back, so let me see if I got it right. And they'd let me know. I check each chord of them one at a time each. If I didn't get it right, they give me a vibe like, mm, 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 mm. like no, not quite, you know, they give me a vibe like that. Okay, let's do it again. So they'd sing it to me again and I'd listen real hard. Okay, ah, I see what I did wrong. Okay, now I got it. It's this, right? I do it. When I get it right, they give me a different vibe. They give me a vibe like, ah. This process of receiving and transmitting sounds and visions and words, it helped give birth to modern art. At the turn of the 20th century, movements like theosophy and spiritualism, these were of huge interest to artists like Mondrian and Kandinsky, the painters who cracked open representational painting. At the same time, there was a Swedish woman named Helma Off Klint. When she was alive, she was known as a landscape painter but she found her way to abstract painting very, very early on in the history of abstract art. And her images came from mystical experiences. She was part of a group of women called the Five. They'd hold seances to connect with spirits who they called the High Masters. And she'd get messages from the High Masters to create some of her major works. Paintings filled with symbolism, each one representing some kind of fundamental human drive evoking mythological shapes and ancient sigils and the work all seems to vibrate when you look at it when she was dying Clint made it clear that her work could not come out for 20 years after her death because she didn't think the world was ready for it that's another interesting thing about modernity again that's the last 200 years of, of philosophy and culture and, 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 and all that um, is, that, is, is that you could look at a lot of thinkers and see them adopting various positions vis-a-vis -vis this force. I like to think of it this way. Out of religion, because of the Enlightenment, came some of the esoteric stuff sort of leaked out into public space. Anton Mesmer called it um, animal magnetism, which is very much what Yoda means when he talks about the force. It's, it's, it's a, something that's created by life forms. It surrounds and penetrates us. 
and an awful lot of philosophy is all about containing bowdlerizing, um, sidelining, and otherwise um, sort of mistreating this notion of force. There are so many spirits that even I cannot count all of them. When I am preparing certain project, sometimes I don't have any choice to choose. They choose me. So previous project was about the goddess, the Mago. And I didn't choose her, she chose me through my dream. It's just like, you know, you know, this one female figure keep coming to my dream that I started curious about who is this person. And, and by that, I had to research a lot. What is this? Who is this? Why she's keep coming? Why she's keep throwing some symbols on to my body and my hands? And what's the letters that she keeps whispering, but I really don't understand what those are. So I had to research, you know, a lot. And then I found out that was the goddess of the creation in Korea, ancient goddess. So when I found her, and that was easy to access, to go through, you know, what story I have to tell. And, and the, the deity you're working with now, you described him more militaristically, right? Yeah, militaristic, you know, the general. So this is the five-directional general. Because these days, this time, is so much pain and so much killing, so much, you know, injustice. So I was like, we need to answer for that. We need, really need to protect that. We need to fight with, for the justice. You see this as an act of healing on a grander scale than less about healing individual people, but more about healing a society? If you heal yourself, you're automatically healing the society. When you feel like you got healed, that affects your partner, your friend. That affects the nation, that affects the world. artists who work with the other side feel this way, that the messages they're receiving are important. They're being sent for a reason. I channel. That is what I do when I improvise. India Cook is a violinist who plays tumbling, freely improvised jazz. She played for a period of time with Sun Ra, a mystical jazz composer who believed he was from outer space. And she teaches music in Oakland and plays with her own group. And when she plays, she feels like an antenna, and she's picking up on the music. 
I used to be a very nervous, very nervous player because it, it wasn't about um, this collective consciousness. It was about me standing in front of you and me trying to impress you, me giving you something you've just come to pay, you've paid to hear, uh, me trying to make the best of something. You know, that was what it used to be. But once I realized that we are all of the same energy, we're the same energy. We might look different, we might sound different, we might approach the art differently, but we are one in the same energy. So that is when I started beginning to consciously ground myself. Well, actually, I'm kind of moving ahead of myself. I used to not ground myself. I would just start channeling this energy. And I would get so very ill. I would actually get nauseous because so much stuff was coming in, so much, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I was playing, 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 and playing wonderfully, but uh, too much until I learned to ground myself into the earth, or Gaia, if you will, and really give honor to that energy that we're all a part of. playing music with people, what you're really doing is listening to them. Take the example of jazz, right? The jazz guitarist is listening to the saxophone player and she's trying to figure out like when do I come in and how do I, how do I fit what is already happening. And so I feel like this notion of listening or, or, or receptivity or channeling is, is sort of fundamental and, and, and very ordinary, you see. There's a sort of fundamental ordinariness to the notion of magic. I, actually, that, 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 that it really is sort of nothing special. It really is like the sort of fundamentally how you, how you hold a cup of tea is sort of magical or, or, or how you can change your mind or how there can be new things in the world and things aren't just repeating all the time. Quite honestly, I'd probably be just as happy hugging a tree as I would playing my violin. And maybe some days even happier hugging a tree, you know, from which the wood came to make the violin for me to be able to play, to share in this collective consciousness. Raw Material is produced by the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and me, Ross Simonini. All the music you heard today was by Dohi Lee, India Cook, and Yasos. Keep listening to Raw Material to hear more from these artists and others in a season of episodes about art and the unknown. Thank you.